There's a lot of discussion about changes to federal tax policy. What could that mean for charitable giving? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Dr. Patrick Rooney. Patrick is the Executive Associate Dean at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, where his extensive research portfolio includes considerable expertise in tax policy and how those policies can have an influence on charitable giving. And Patrick, always great to have you with us here on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Thanks, Bill. So a lot of discussion in Washington, D.C. about changes that could be happening in federal tax policy. And of course, fundraisers are trying to plan the next 6, 12, 18 months. Before we get into the specifics about different tax policies, what about this broader question? Do taxes really influence charitable giving? Yeah, Bill, let me just say like three quick observations about taxes and philanthropy generally, and then we can talk about whatever specifics you'd like. But, but one, you know, it's important to acknowledge that a donor is never better off financially themselves by making a charitable gift than they would be about not making that charitable gift. So if you only cared about your own after-tax well-being, you would give absolutely zero to any charities, okay? So one might argue then that taxes don't matter. On the other hand, taxes do provide incentives to give. And what we see empirically in almost every study that's been done is that on the margins, taxes encourage some people to give more and they encourage other people to go from being non-donors to donors so that there are some you know, empirical effects supporting that taxes matter. I think the, the last general point I'd like to make is we're pretty good at measuring the short-term effects of this. You know, so we can say, well, you know, we know that if tax rates go up or they go down, we can anticipate that charitable giving would go down or up conversely it's within some confidence interval, right? And we'd be pretty accurate about that. Holding everything else constant, right? So holding constant changes in the economy, holding constant trade wars, holding constant inflation, holding constant the stock market and income and so on. But what we know in the long run is that those things are very dynamic. Some of them are predictable, some are unpredictable. In the long run, the stock market goes up. In the long run, incomes go up. In the long run, GDP goes up. But it's that day-to-day, year-to-year variation that affects our micro-level granular decisions. So the other pieces, you know, our supply-side friends, um, they might say, if you cut taxes, yeah, that reduces the incentive to give, but that, in, that puts more money in your pocket after taxes, and especially in a dynamic long-run period where you're increasing savings or increasing capital, increasing productivity, which increases wages, which increases your capacity to give. So there are, you know, there, there are, it's very complicated in some ways, and it's very simple in other ways. So taxes can have an influence for some of our donors. And Patrick, in recent history, uh, maybe a pretty straightforward example for all of us without your level of expertise to understand was, you know, the increase, the doubling of the standard deduction, that right. if there were people who were using their charitable giving to be able to itemize they then had a higher threshold to meet to be able to use their charitable giving in that way. I know some of your research showed that that might have depressed charitable giving somewhat, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this is, again, at least in the short run, what we see is, you know, the UCTJA, the, you know, the, the tax cut or TCJA created a, a much less likelihood of someone being an itemizer. So 
pre-TCJA, about 30% of households were itemizers. Post-TCJA is around 10%. So for 20% of, the, of relatively high-income households, they move from being itemizers to non-itemizers. If they were at the top marginal tax rate, their price of giving went up by two-thirds. So it cost them you know, two-thirds more to give a tax, I mean, give a gift after taxes than before. So they may not care about that, right? You know, some of them don't care, but others do. And so others might be, you know, thinking about that and thinking about on the margin, well, if I give this much more, I don't get a tax benefit for that because now I'm a non-itemizer. And so we estimated that, um, this is research that we did for independent sector, we estimated that that alone would have about a four and a half percent negative drag on household giving. And again, that's in the short run, that reduces that base going forward, right? So it does have a cumulative effect. But in the long run, I might acclimate to being a non-itemizer and say, all right, well, I know I'm paying the cost me a dollar to give a dollar and I'm going to pay that because I wanna give. And other people may say, well, I'm not gonna give anymore because I don't get a, de a deduction for that. And, and so it affects people individually, but again, generally people have to have an altruistic motive to give it all to start with. And so, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I want, I don't want to be the person saying the sky is falling if there's an adverse change in the tax policy or that giving will explode if there's a policy change that is positive in the short run because people respond on the margins, but they, their underlying values are based on their philanthropic heart. Absolutely. It's just one of many factors for fundraisers to keep in mind. And the TCJA, by the way, was the change in federal tax policy approved at the end of 2017 that went into effect in 2018. And now we're looking forward. And Patrick mentioned independent sector. And Patrick has been invited by independent sector to be part of a, a tight group of experts who are actually advising policymakers in Washington, D.C., both in the White House and on both sides of the aisle in Congress, uh, as they think about these potential changes in tax policy on what that could mean for charitable giving. And again, as Patrick emphasized, donors have lots of different motivations, not just taxes. And your most important predictor for fundraising, of course, is your relationship with each and every one of those individual donors, some of whom might be keeping an eye on tax policy. So in that context, Patrick, let's just take a couple, three of the big ones. Let's start with the the personal income tax rate. President Biden has talked about kind of restoring the, the highest level rate, I think from about 37 up to about 39%. What does your research show uh, happens potentially to charitable giving when the personal income tax rate is increased? Yeah, Bill, so, you know, one, there, there is definitely a, a correlation between increases in the top marginal tax rate and, you know, which lowers the after-tax cost of giving and increases in household giving. You know, that being said, to go from 37% to 39.6%, you know, is a, is a relatively small, you know, it's three percentage points. Um, you know, it's less than a, you know, a 10% change in relative prices. So, you know, it will have some effect, but we think that would be relatively small in itself. So that's going to be something very interesting to watch moving forward. Should that uh, rate increase go up? And, you know, kind of one of the questions people are having is if the rate does go up, People who make a who are highly sensitive to taxes with their charitable giving, somebody who is going to give a gift on December 31st might wait till January 1st 
because they'll get a bigger tax break for that charitable gift just by waiting to 2022. So again, just something to keep in mind. Patrick, your research has shown, and this is one of our favorite findings uh, of yours, that there's such a strong correlation between the trend in the S&P 500 and the subsequent trend in charitable giving. And of course, in 2020, the S&P 500 went up by 16%. As we record this in the summer of 2021, the S&P 500 is up double digits yet again for 2021. Uh, and so the stock market getting a lot of attention, including by people who say, hmm, time to sell, time to cash in, which of course brings into play the capital gains tax rate, which some policymakers in Washington, D.C. are saying it's time to increase. Should that happen, what might we expect could happen to charitable giving as a result? Bill, I've done a little bit of research on this uh, historically myself, but but even just theoretically, you you know, you would anticipate that one of the proposals um, in play is to tax um, cap long-term capital gains at ordinary income tax rates. So we'd be moving from a top rate of 20% to that top rate of 39.6. So effectively doubling or increasing the marginal tax rate by 20 percentage points. That's a big, that would be a big deal. And so for those people to whom that applies, that would strongly incentivize, you know, gifts of appreciated assets to charities. Now, keep in mind that what the Biden administration has proposed is that that would only apply to households earning over a million dollars in adjusted gross income in any year. So to put that in context, that's about 500,000 families or you know, 0.3% of the US population. So this is not going to affect many individuals, but it would also provide a very strong incentive to donate appreciated assets for those individuals uh, to whom it applies. And again, not just stocks, any type of appreciated asset, stocks, just a very simple way to, to tell that story. Kind of last big one, Patrick, people are doing fundraising from the business sector. Uh, we have a lot of discussion internationally about there being kind of a minimum tax rate that dozens and dozens of international governments would charge to businesses that are headquartered in their respective countries. And there's also talk about raising the business tax rate here in the United States. Thoughts about the business tax rate as fundraisers approach their local family-owned business and large corporations and every private sector organization in between. Yeah, so Bill, you know, so conceptually, uh, an increase in the corporate marginal tax rate would uh, reduce their price of giving and would incentivize corporate giving. There's a couple factors, you know, that, that we see historically. One is that more large corporations are simply budgeting a share of their pre-tax corporate profits uh, from the prior year or years into this year's philanthropic budget. And so um, the tax effects might be smaller than that. The other piece is that many big, very profitable corporations today pay effectively a zero marginal tax rate. And, you know, you hear complaints and kudos about that, you know, depending on which side you're on. But so the tax effects for them will remain zero, right? So it'll be, they'll be like the non-itemizer because they may be, they make a ton of money, but they're not paying any taxes, so it doesn't matter. Um, the other piece, you know, the politics, I think, of, of working this out and having a global minimum, uh, on the one hand, uh, makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen talked about you know, let's not have a race to the bottom. Let's have some standard where the corporations are paying their fair share. And I get the rhetoric of that. 
um, and and I get the sincerity and the and the ethics of that. Um, but when you, it's hard enough for us to have a, a, a tax policy that makes sense uh, for corporations in the United States and to try to work out something globally, I'm, I'm a little more skeptical about. And in fact, you know, I, I think if, if the Biden administration or any administration wanted to do something to really stimulate growth in jobs, growth in capital, and a long-term growth in philanthropy, I would, I would eliminate the corporate income tax altogether. And I think that's some people will view that as a radical proposal. Um, but my motivation for that is there are a couple trillion dollars of they call it hot dollars, right, of, from U.S. firms and other countries. And those dollars are not going to come back here as long as there is any corporate income tax. Eliminate it. And those dollars, you know, the United States is the most productive country in the world. A lot of those dollars will come here. That'll generate a lot of jobs. That'll generate higher capital labor formation rates for the existing jobs, which means higher productivity and higher wages in the long run. I think the other thing that it does is it just says, you know, we're not going to compete for corporate locations or manufacturing locations based on tax rates. It's just, you know, boom, it's done. And you know, so we, we become a much more attractive first choice as a country. I think to offset that lost income, you know, I, I think to have a national value added tax, a VAT, which is very common in Europe and many other countries, you could generate a lot of tax revenue with a very small tax rate. And, you know, the, and the issue there is that that's, that's kind of regressive, that poor people spend all of their income and rich people don't. And so that would be a, a greater tax burden on the poor. But you could offset that through enhancing their earned income tax credit, exempting food and necessary medical care and some basic necessities like that from the value added tax. You know, I think that a proposal like that would be very pro-growth and ultimately pro-philanthropy. Um, it's not being discussed uh, as far as I know within the administration. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think that would be, a, if you want to take a longer view, I think that would be something that regardless of party would make a, a, a better policy proposal than monkeying around with, you know, slight increase or decrease in the, in the corporate tax rate. And so as we fundraise from the business sector, Patrick's research shows that changes in tax rates typically are not influential on charitable giving from the business sector. Instead, the health of that business in terms of their own profit loss, economic conditions, GDP, things like that, that when businesses have more money, that's when they tend to uh, increase their charitable giving. And it, and it fits the broader narrative of when there is economic growth, when more people are working at just wages and at higher wages, and when the economy is stronger, people have more money to donate as well. And again, when we talk about tax policy, when we talk about these economic policies, that is just one of many, many factors that fundraisers need to keep in mind as they're working with each and every individual donor, let alone foundations in the business sector. And all that is covered in our public courses. And now as we continue moving forward uh, through the fundraising school as your lifelong colleague, we're going back to more cities to be in person with our training. Uh, we're also uh, expanding our custom training offerings to also be in person, but we'll stay robust online more than ever before with recorded courses, with live virtual courses, let alone with these podcasts and our quarterly webinars. All that information is available online at philanthropy 
www.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our guest today has been Dr. Patrick Rooney. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.